Welcome to the podcast. Well done, Penrith. Terrific That's start. Well really, done. Well done. That's a really so low-key start to the yeah. podcast. I know. Well, I'm exhausted after that show, I'll be quite honest, because we covered a lot of ground. Oh, what did you do? <laughs> I did a bit of heavy lifting. <laughs> Brendo does, does most lots. of the show. Oh, I do most of the things, I would have thought. <laughs> we chime in here and there, Don't but Brendo does everything. <laughs> you know I'm only being facetious. Um, no, wonderful win, uh, depending yeah, fantastic. last night. Ryan Girdler uh, Class of their own. reviewed that game with us this morning and he previewed the Broncos Warriors. Oh, I think that's going to be a hell of a game this afternoon. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the Broncos, it's theirs to lose. They, they are the mm. better team. If they play their best, it doesn't matter what the Warriors do, they'll get beaten. Okay. That's my view. It's, well, it's all in the Broncos' court. They could play badly and get beaten, hmm. but if they play their best, and I'm assuming they will, they'll win. It all comes down to, for the Warriors as well, whether Sean Johnson is very fit or not. Mate. That he, if, is the, he looked okay. Yeah, well, last week he only made eight tackles. He didn't yeah. do a lot. Broncos too short in the market for mine. Way oh, too short in, the that's, in a two-horse race. That's a that's a that's a financial yeah, it dis- is. discussion. I, yeah. I, you know, yes, I don't bet with at short odds either. But no, I still think they'll win. Okay. Um, well, uh, yeah, we preview that in the podcast. What did you think also of the of the comments from uh, Panther CEO Brian Fletcher saying that the game oh, shouldn't be played? At, I couldn't believe Say that. Well. He said the game shouldn't be played at Suncourt because the Broncos get a home ground advantage and Penrith don't at a core stadium. I think the difference is maybe 20,000. So uh, Suncorp, I think, holds 52. 52. And out at Penrith, it's 32,000. And then he suggested that maybe they should go and play on the Gold Coast. Wild at Seabus Stadium. Yes. So, and the difference is they sold 35,000 tickets, they're saying, I, I think it was less, at a core stadium. And then within an hour, 52,000 seats sold out on some, a Suncorp yes. Stadium. The game is a business, is it not? Well, and Brian is relentlessly commercial. Mm. That's why, why he's been so successful. And this will be about the commerciality of how they can make the most money. Mm. I just thought it was a wild statement to make. No, yeah, he, there like would be it. reasons for this. You've got to, you'd have to know all the, all the backstory and all the financial implications and... You know. that, that, that is what's best for the game, you would have thought, in this instance. But not necessarily best for... Brian's role. What do Penrith care? Well, that's exactly. why they're, they're so successful. They do care. No, okay. Yeah, no, that's fair. But I just, I just thought it was, I just thought it was a wild statement. Well, it was I wild. Think it would, where else would you play it? I would have thought. They were you're right. Comments C-bus. from the Wild West. See, bus, or you go down to Redcliffe and play there, and I wouldn't have thought you did that. <laughs> no. Move anyway. on. Uh, let's go to Greg Alexander. He's announced he's stepping down uh, out of the Origin Arena. Uh, he stood down as Blues Chief Advisor. Probably not a surprise. And so who will take the... You would think Ivan Cleary. Okay. Because I'm looking, I'm just flicking through today's paper Hmm. and they're saying there could be a list of um, that, the coaching stuff that could be gone. So... A conga line. They're saying maybe (laughs) Danny Badiris, Andrew Johns. um, All out. Yeah. McGregor, Knowles. They're saying that they could all be gone. There could be about six of them. Yes. Okay. But Fittler's still there. But Fittler is still there. And maybe Gus Gould, will Gee. he be returning? Ooh. You know, when you see a coup like that and people getting exited, mm. but others not. Yeah. It's very interesting, <laughs> it's isn't very it? very interesting. I tell you what, though, the holy trinity of Ivan, Gus, and, uh, well, Ivan and Gus wouldn't work well together. I don't no. think. But also, I don't think Ivan has the time to be there full time. Like, he, he's with the Panthers. Uh, the same discussion was when, 
Exactly. This year, the Blues weren't having a lot of success. We're saying, oh, Ricky Stewart should come in. And yeah. everyone was like, oh, no, Ricky We've can't do it. We've had this conversation decades ago that, so maybe, that needs to be someone who doesn't coach an NRL side. So maybe Gus will come in and then Ivan will just be there in the background like he did this D- year. Advisor, I think he was having a beer a couple of hours beforehand at Panthers Leagues and then he rocked down to the third State of Origin game and then won it sitting behind Brad Fittler. So I don't, I don't think it takes a lot of extra effort for him. Yeah, no, to be a part of that setup. But it is that they are going to have a bit of a clean out. Yeah, Hayden Knowles, who is the um, head of conditioning, he apparently has been shown the door as well. Wow, you, mate. you get a lot of mail on people who are getting shown the door. Absolutely. No, I'm just Heard reading anything the, around I, here. I'm just reading the Daily Telegraph. <laughs> yeah, are we safe? Well, we'll be back next year. David Riccio's he wrote the story and he's just sitting outside. So maybe. Uh, you can't see him at the moment because he's probably in the studio. But he's the one who gets Maybe all the news. The... I just read his stories. Very good. Maybe we get David Riccio in. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's on air at the moment. Okay. No, that's fair. Uh, the Tigers, there's been uh, like, well, it's been a terrible year for the Tigers, but they received a boost, a dream buller, uh, signing a long-term extension with the club till the end of 2027. So at least they are retaining uh, one of their stars. Yeah, it's a long work in progress. Mm. It it may take more than next season too. Oh, Almost certainly, but yeah. I mean, you look at the quality that they've let go in in um, you know Addo Car Pappenhausen. Uh, I think I think they're Moses. I think it's, they're they're moving on with a new coach. I think that's a positive. I think you know, that, mm. and you know, I, I think there's potential there. Mm. Can only get better for them. That's it. Well, Safarth well, turned down the Bulldogs too. He's sticking with the Tigers. <laughs> it is possible to get worse. <laughs> Lee Hadjapantelis sticking around. Well, re-elected. I know Lee as he's a friend of mine. And I know how passionate and how much he's put in out of his pocket mm. to that club. And he wouldn't be the only one who's done that. So um, I'm prepared to say, you know, I know it's been a tumultuous year, but he's uh, he's one person who you know is passionate and genuine. You don't have to answer this, but this is food for thought. Should is it the, multiple choice? It is not multiple okay. choice. I it's love just a, multiple it's choice. It's just a question that you can or cannot answer. For both of us? Or, or don't have to answer. Yeah, yeah, for both of you. Okay. But should the... Head of the major sponsor be the chairman of the club's board. It's it's. I see what you're saying there. That that it, it places them in a power of in a position of awesome power. Mm. They're the biggest funder, and in and directing the club. But really, doesn't your biggest funder basically have control of your club anyway? I mean, you business. Your biggest client, who's tipping in big money into your business, says. I don't think you should do that. You're going to listen. Hmm. You're not going to just out of hand. Dismiss. Thank you for answering. I didn't think you would, but that's nice of you for answering. I appreciate that. Why, why do I feel like you're not genuine? No, I'm not, because no. I know you've got a relationship with him. So No, no, I, I, well, I wasn't um, Pilatus, City Ford. <laughs> City Ford, they were the yeah. major sponsors of the Roosters for a while, and you've got Pilatus. Oh, that's true. Yes. And they do all right. Yes. That's a great point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she knows. Sorry, I, I don't need yeah. to. Yeah, pump. she does know. Don't need to pump your tyres. What Candace? about Rusty? What about him? Yeah, but he's not a sponsor. Well, I thought he was. I thought he tipped in, didn't he? Is he just a fan? No, now? he bought the club. He oh, owns crow. The club. I thought you were talking about Greg Rust, our motorsport oh, guy. No, not Rust. Hear him on the podcast. I do what love Rusty. You do, mm. Russell Crow. Yeah. Anyway, good fun. Hey, that was um, covered a lot of ground today, didn't we? We did. Why don't I- we do that every week? I would have thought so, yeah. <laughs> I'd keep us around. Yeah. That's what I'd do. Keep us. Keep us keep around. Keep us. Keep us. Keep us. Keep us. Keep us. Yeah. Oh, we go. Well, if we're getting the, the baz, 
you know who'll know first. 100%. The ex of If we're going to get the door, I'll ask let you David, know. Ask David Ricky out. Well, he'll be reporting on it first, and then I'll read it, and then I'll, I'll let him know. Am I the only one who knows what getting the baz means? Getting, getting the, the basil brush. Basil brush. Oh. Boom, boom. Why is it no, basil? That is basil brush. Why could <laughs> boom, you say, boom. why don't That's you basil get brush. The, yes, that is. Yes, it is. Or the Greg Rust, the brush. Hmm. Yeah, the basil brush. Who's basil? Basil uh, brush, the who puppet. Is he? The, have you not seen Basil Brush? No. Okay. All right. She wouldn't time. have got boom boom then. She would have thought I was just having a, a relic. <laughs> Without oh, saying. Oh, is that the me me? The no. guy that. <laughs> no, that's okay. not it. The ventriloquist. No, you're thinking no. of aggro. Okay, enjoy the um, <laughs> <laughs> enjoy the podcast. <laughs> They've bloody done it. Really. The fourth in a row. Yeah. Looking for a three-peat. Uh, I remember the beginning of this season when, oh, I don't know about Penrith. Oh, I might go for the. Dolphins. Yeah, well, I didn't say that. And Gerd's knows I know, wouldn't say you know that. You did. Uh, the great Ryan Gerd, La former Panther, joining us now. Uh, of course, Triple M NRL's own. Not much to say about last night, uh, night's game, Gerd, to be honest, because Penrith were just dominant in that 38 4 win. Oh, Brendo, it's just a nice morning to wake up and be a Panther. Isn't it? <laughs> oh, it feels good. Oh, you oh, were good. one. He's oh, a good. crazy Panther. Yeah. Mate. Yeah, no, it was. Um, Oh, yeah, I went to bed last night just in awe of that group and, and what they've been able to achieve over the last couple of years and put it all in a little bit of perspective and, um, yeah, just in, in full admiration of the way that they go about their business just every week regardless of the situation. It was just, it's been an unbelievable run. Unbelievable. Uh, Isaiah Yo, he was absolutely immense through the middle last night. 188 metres, but 34 tackles. He really... He's a worker. He's a worker, isn't he? Yep. Yeah, those middles. You know, I thought um, Yoey last night, Fisher-Harris, Leota, those guys, um, the intensity they, they play with and their willingness just to get involved in the contest. And I just reckon that that's what separates Penrith at the moment from most of the other sides in the competition. If you watch those guys off the ball the work that they do so you know when you've got an attacking structure and you've got all these guys running through with lead lines most of the teams in the competition when they've done their run and they haven't received the football they just kind of generally stop in the defensive line and you watch Penrith next week those guys when they run through and they don't get the football they sprint back so that they can get involved in the next play and they Mm -hmm. reload and the amount of times that they do that on both sides of the ball, I think is what separates them from the rest. And I'll tell you what else their forwards do that I noticed last night, and I've been noticing all season, and they, they just do it better than everybody else. They, they can get a quick play of the ball. Now, you're defending that. You've either got to lie on the player in the ruck, you know, and slow the ruck down, which risks then getting a penalty, which is a worse result, or you can't yeah. stop them. Mm. They get up and they play, yeah, yeah. and you just keep rolling on. Well, Rich, they run so bloody hard, right? Like, you know, it was interesting. Last night, there was six minutes to go, and Brenda, I was probably like, yeah, I'm sitting there going, when's he going to take Nathan off? Like, yeah. you know, he did, and he didn't, because, you know, he just, he has just um, so much confidence in the players that if something was to happen to Jerome or Nathan, he's just got that, oh, Ivan's got that next man up mentality. But there was like six minutes to go, there were 30 points in the good, and we just scored a try. They kick off and then, like, Spencer Ling, you just, there's no preservation, no worried about, I better save myself for a grand final in, in eight days. Just pushing off the back fence, trying to just go as hard as he can and as far as he can to deliver a quick play the ball for his teammate. And oh. again, the connection that these guys have and how hard they work for each other, 
It's like what I was talking about when they have the football and what they do in relation to how quick they reload. They also defensively, like, there might be two guys in a tackle, and Rich, you talk about slowing down to play the ball. There might be two guys in a tackle, and the third guy probably goes, well, you know what? I can preserve energy, get back in the line, and try and, you know, yeah. uh, drive the line speed on the next play. Or I can just go in, slow that play the ball down for half a second. You know, it's going to take energy and effort from me. What's the decision? And there's no decision for those mm. guys. They just go in and make the play to help out their teammates on the next ruck. And that's their mentality. And uh, honestly, I just, I just couldn't believe that. Well, I could because they've been doing it for so long, but how they consistently play at that level every week just blows my mind. Absolutely. I've been meaning to ask you too, Gertz, how do you feel about them commemorating the uh, the 2003 Premiership team? Of course, you would have seen in the finals they're wearing their old, old alternate strip. Those were the colours of, of Penrith when uh, Gertz won his Premiership. How do you feel about uh, that reflection from the team? Oh, yeah, it's, it's great. It's always, you know, the 10 year and the, and the 20 years always uh, brings back a lot of great memories, Brendo. But, you know, just being on this journey with the boys for the last couple of years and um, just as a, as a fan now, because that's all I am essentially, right? I just watch them on a weekly basis, hoping they get the job done and, um, and just having a real appreciation for that community out there and what they're going through because they're not a club that have, have always had, as you know, a lot of success. It's been a battle, but, um, you know, this, this group of men have now just put that club on the map and um, they'll forever go down in history as just one of the best teams and one of the best organisations through this era um, of any any organisation, I would say, in the country. I mean, it's been quite phenomenal. And I still don't think that Ivan's spoken about enough and put in that sort of category mm. with the Bellamy's and, and the Bennett's and, and even the Robinson's. But if you look at what he's created, um, especially, you know, over the last four or five years, but even with his time at the Warriors and that there, like, he's some kind of mentor and... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just loving the, loving the journey, guys. Oh, not as enough, am I. Not enough intercepts for my life. <laughs> <though, Gers. laughs> the intercept king. <laughs> uh, former Panther Ryan Girdler uh, on the phone. Of course, the Panthers into their fourth consecutive grand final, but they need an opponent, and they're up playing today. Gerd's calling this game up in Brisbane. Which way do you see it going, Brisbane Warriors? Yeah, it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be a lot closer, guys, than, than what we saw last night. I, I, you can really build a case for both of these sides winning the footy game. I think for the Warriors, it's really important that they start well. They did it last week, um, and they've obviously uh, they need to have a plan. And I was really impressed defensively uh, with how they handled Kalen last week, and they have to do exactly the same thing. You need to go out there um, uh, with a really, really good plan and a clear plan for a guy like Reese Walsh. And the only way you stop Reese Walsh is you know, stopping their middlemen going forward, the Haas, the Flegler, the Carrigan. And, you know, if, if they can get in the middle and do the work there and limit the opportunities of, of Walsh and Ma'am out wide, I think they could cause an upset. But if they can't do that and it's easier said than done uh, and they give, um, the, the you know, this athletic Broncos outfit the time and space that they're going to be chasing, well, I think they'll probably have too much from on the edges. So the Broncos, they score more than 26 points per game, but the Warriors... They, are, they concede under 20 points per game. So it's really going to... Th- their defence tonight is going to be so important. Yeah, it, it's going to be everything for them tonight, Candice. And at the start of the year, that's how the Warriors... They changed their whole season around because they, they started to seem to really enjoy the more difficult parts of the game. And that's where the Warriors have struggled in the past. They love to have the football, but, you know, when they had to roll the sleeves up and do the defensive parts and drive the line speed and... 
really focus for long periods of time, they'd, be, they'd sort of fall away. But uh, that's what they've, Andrew Webster's been able to introduce. Uh, and they were really good at that early in the season. They fell away a little bit at the back end of the year. But I think over the last couple of weeks, especially in that final against the Knights last week, they showed that uh, they're back where they need to be. And if their defence is good tonight, um, yeah, I think they're a chance of scoring some points of their own, maybe frustrating this bright young Broncos side and causing a big upset. Nah, I think if the Broncos are at their best, they win. I think yeah, both teams at their absolute best, I think the Broncos win. Yeah, no, nah, that's it. I mean, if, if the Broncos um, are allowed to play exactly the way that they want to play, Rich, and they go out there, they're going to be too good. But yep. finals are interesting, aren't they? I mean, you know, it's... Nah, they'll know, turn up tonight. They'll turn up tonight. Yeah, well... The, yeah, well, if they do, they should be too good. I agree. The Warriors, they haven't beaten um, either Panthers or the Broncos. Mm. So yeah. it is a slight worry. Yeah, it's a big night. It's a big night. Playing in, in front of 53,000 at Suncorp, just driving down there now. Conditions are really good. So it's going to be a great night for the footy fans. And, you know, whoever wins is going to earn the right to go up against the Panthers next week. And, God, that's going to be a grand final. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be heaving tonight at Suncorp. A lot of New Zealanders up there, too, in Brisbane. So it's going to be it's going to be a hell of a match. Uh, you're going to be calling it for Triple M, along with Dan Ganane, James Graham. Can't wait to hear that call. Go well, my friend. Wonderful to talk, yeah. as always. Thanks for having me on, guys. Have a great weekend. You too, good. God, this is the best time of year. There is nothing but sport on, uh, so appropriately we're doing this. If it happened overnight, you'll hear it in the Triple M Deadset Legends Sports Update. Uh, let's go over to France. Well, here is where it happened. Former Wallaby Drew Mitchell has apologised after launching an expletive-laden rant uh, aimed at Eddie Jones following the Wallabies' shock loss to Fiji in the World Cup. Did you catch this? I did catch it, and mm. I hope he's only apologising for the swear words he used, not the, the content. What, not the content, because mm. I thought he was pretty accurate oh. with the content. Well, let's have a listen to some of it. We f- shouldn't have lost to Fiji. <laughs> Eddie sits there and goes, yeah, it's, it's my fault. I take full responsibility. What the f*** does that mean, though? Like, he doesn't get dropped this week. It's just like an empty f- line at a, in a press conference. Yeah, I take full responsibility. Like, what does that equate to? Like, nothing. You've, you've made some glaring decisions around Quaid, uh, around Michael Hooper, captaincy, the six captains in seven weeks. Like, explain some of these decisions to us. I had to get here at 5am to start bleeping that. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. That, he was quite passionate about it, wasn't he? And I don't apologise. See, see that, that's what you don't get on media generally because they, you know, they clean it up and yeah. they make it more dispassionate. But he was very passionate. It just goes to show the frustration from, from everyone. I mean, past players. But I like that some people are starting to stand up to Eddie yeah, Jones because absolutely. he is very powerful and he's... Had a lot of success with the Wallabies in the past, but since taking over, he has had. I like Eddie too, but he he has not had success. He has not Mm. uh, delivered on some of his promises. But here's the thing sometimes you're right. Sometimes you do have to take some steps backwards to go forward. Sometimes you've got to cop some losses to rebuild a team. Almost like, take for instance, GWS at the beginning of the season. Mm. They copped a few losses because they were rebuilding their style. But they did it yeah, at the beginning all, of the season, yeah. not at a World Cup. We, we are talking about a World Cup <laughs> and, and to have... And a team that hasn't beaten us since 1954. I have hardly remember. any um, experienced players in the squad. Uh, it just, I don't know, it, no, it's frustrating. It's almost like Eddie said, I'm not interested in this World Cup. But I'm interested yeah. in the next one. But he has said that, But yes. he won't be there. Yeah, that's that's if, the if thing. He, doesn't and, get some wins up. Yeah, it, it is not all over for the Wallabies. They play again on Monday morning. 
They do. We're going to preview that with Michael Hooper, uh, who should be there, uh, let's be honest. Uh, he's joining us after 11 to preview that match against Wales. They have had a lot of injuries, though, the Wallabies, so that hasn't helped. But their injuries have all been sustained at training. So what are they doing at training? Well, it's a question for Michael. Um, listen, you've got a real bee in your bonnet about a particular issue. I don't know how much this affects you, but you are you seem passionate. I'm very passionate. Now, this is about the grand final time. Uh, what, what do you mean that grand? It is grand final time. Uh, I'm talking about the time in which the coverage, the game starts oh, on TV. That time. It's seven fifty. Is that correct? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think it's way too late, uh, and I also think it needs to be. What's wrong with it? Well, it's too late. It's prime time. I, I remember growing up, I would watch it at three thirty in the afternoon, or well, there'd be a, a twilight game. But hang on, <laughs> if the Warriors beat the Broncos tonight, yes, you have to consider the New Zealand Warriors fans. Now why? they they would because why not? They're in the NRL. Ultimately, the NRL have the say at what time the games should be played. And the New Zealand Warriors are part of the NRL. They wouldn't be watching the grand final until 10 p.m. That is way too late. Broadcasters couldn't care less about New mm. Zealand But audience. it's New Zealand. But it's They're the not broadcasting But it's the, it's the NRL who have the final say. So ah, the, they've got the, to get the broadcaster no, on side. Yes, but it's the NRL who have the final say. And if... They're trying to grow the game in New Zealand. 10 o'clock's too late. They don't have a public holiday on Monday well, like we have. People have got to spend time with their children these days. It's all, you know, the have old to, days no. of dad just, it has to be just sits there on a, a Sunday afternoon and watches the it footy while the kids run to wild. Be considered that doesn't to happen. move the time of the grand final if the Warriors know. make I, the grand final. I don't Why? think you get any support for this. I reckon I would have a lot of support. You must remember too it is extra work which people do not want to be doing What do you mean it's extra work? Well they sorted it out in February. They're like this yeah. is the time it's happening we're doing this. It's like what do you mean we have to look at it again? She's we're not, not, really, we're not no, looking at care. anything. She cares what not- about the New Zealand fans? Right. What about them? What about all the people they've booked to work at that time and they people get to finish an hour earlier. their lives, got babysitters yeah, and all that you know just trash all of that. No, they'd be like Fantastic. I get to go home an hour or two hours early. I'm just saying the NRL needs to consider bringing the grand final forward if the Warriors win tonight. Put this to the board of directors, will you? I I shall. One triple three five three. Those board of directors. Yes, indeed. Uh, Should the uh, NRL grand final time be changed for the Kiwis? For the Kiwis. For the Kiwis. Is your argument. Indeed. For the kids who can't stay up to watch the entire game. You're bringing the kids in. Should the NRL grand final time be changed? I don't know why you're so passionate about it, but But you are. But she is. She's very passionate. So let's get the feel of the town. Should the NRL grand final time be moved earlier? You want it moved earlier, not to have a barbecue with your friends or anything like that. You want it done for the Kiwis. No. Yeah. Yes, for the I said that that started the conversation. Well, see, but my greatest memories well, of when the you grand, worked out that the, no. The, no one here is going to care about the Kiwis. <laughs> well, then you changed no, it transformed no, your argument. No, I just my greatest memories growing up was watching the grand final in the middle of the day with my family and having a barbecue. That, that that's and well, my daughters families live very differently. These I would days. love my mm. daughters to watch the grand final, but they can't stay up till ten thirty at night. So I why think why not school holidays, special night? Because they they just fall asleep. Okay, it's a fair argument. Kids do that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one, no one will agree with this. One tri- well, let's see. One triple three five three. Should the grand final time be moved earlier? Paul in Concord, your thoughts? Uh, I agree with Candice. Oh, oh no! Thank you, Paul. Uh, I think I think you can't mess with tradition. Tradition has always been an afternoon grand final. Well, hang uh, on. I think the tradition is nighttime grand final now. It's been around uh, for a while, I, 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 would, I would disagree with that, Richard. I think, uh, you know, going back to Candace's point, you know, I remember watching the grand final as a kid, you know, uh, at, yeah, at, at 3 o'clock, 3.30 kickoff. 
an yeah. afternoon grand final should stay as, as traditional. Okay. Good on you, Paul. He's an outlier, for sure. Well, you'd think. <laughs> but let's keep checking. One triple three five three. Robin, should the grand final time be moved earlier? Definitely. Oh, I agree with Candice as well. Yes. Three o'clock was great. Family day. Yeah, it is. Family day. What about the families who have to work or the families who have kids who have to do things on the Sunday? And what about them? It's the long weekend. There's nothing on. It is. Mm. Yeah. It can't, that can't be true. Okay. Yeah, anyway, thank you, Robin. two from two there, Richard. Yes. Two from two there, Richard. <laughs> uh, Jason and Camden, your thoughts? 100% needs to be moved to mid-afternoon, oh, late-afternoon. Yeah, no. 100%. Okay. You yeah. lose, the whole thing loses its whole atmosphere with your friends and family when you have them over from lunchtime and they don't hang around until 8 o'clock to watch it. I love the build-up, so, though. I like the 7.50 kick You're building up all afternoon. Yeah, no, you can you, still have your... You still have to build up. It just starts earlier. Well, but you know, this, this always perplexes me. Like, TV stations are relentlessly commercial, and they have decided that more eyeballs are on it mm. at 8 o'clock. And well, they're, they're the no, experts no. in the game. No, I, I disagree. Because look, the AFL, they have a daytime grand final. Regardless of if it's at nighttime yes. or day, people are going to watch it because it's the grand final. But they've got the perfect pregame entertainment. You've got the NRLW grand final, unreal. You've got footy on in the afternoon. You've got the uh, interstate challenge, unreal. You've got footy on in the late evening. Mm. You've got the grand final. It sort of builds up. It's a little entree in the afternoon. We like that. But also, if the NRL are serious about trying to inspire the younger generation, they can't stay awake. Okay. Uh, Troy, you have the last say on one triple three five three. Surely you with Richard and I. Uh, unfortunately not, guys. We're mm. going to go four from four here. Yeah, good yes, good yeah. on you, Troy. Did you be all uh, her mates? Yeah, well, mainly because of um, you know, if, if New Zealand make it, what they did through the COVID lockdown and sacrifice, you know, away time with their family and everything like that. I reckon it'd be a great thing to move it so that way. Well said. Everyone over in New Zealand can, can watch it as well. Oh, yeah. you old softy, Troy. Yeah, He's no, soft. I agree and with you. And by the way, go the Panthers. Go the Panthers. Yeah, the riff. <laughs> Troy loves it. He, it does make a lot of sense. I mean, there weren't many concessions made this year, I feel, for the Tiger, uh, for the Warriors. Lot, I just think that the TV stations don't make mistakes on this stuff. This is their business. It's the NRL's decision, ultimately. Yeah. Happy to give Troy a mega box at Absolutely. Red Rooster. Unreal. Four and twenty. We've been there for it all. Australia's original fan food. The Dead Set Legends Player of the Week. We leave you in charge of this, Candice Warner. Who you got this week? Uh, This week, it's not a player, but players, and it's the GWS Giants. Um, Although they lost last night to Collingwood, uh, fifty-eight, fifty-seven. They've had a phenomenal season, a fairy tale run, really. Um, Mm. But last night just wasn't good enough. Uh, they've worked so hard. Toby, the captain Toby Green, um, all Australian captain this year. They've really, they've really excelled, and especially under the new coach Adam Kingsley, they've really turned the team around. They believed in themselves. Last year they finished sixteenth uh, on the ladder. This year they're one game away from the grand final. Uh, Lockie Whitfield last night was extraordinary. Uh, I, I truly believe that in the next few years they'll win a flag. Oh, they will. Next five, I reckon. Tom Green, very good. Mm. You know that, and, and as a team, they were brilliant. Oh, they were great. Look, they, they, they weren't only one game away from the grand final. They were about four inches away from the grand final because mm. Toby Green's kick that had to, you know, bend around all the posts and go through basically was touched on the line. Mm. It only had to go four inches further. <laughs> Hell of a game. And they win. There was a point in it for nine minutes because I was wondering why I was so tense after that game. Nine minutes 
a point the difference. Yes. It was a tremendous effort from oh. Collingwood to hold them to, out. Yes. They couldn't score a point in the last, as you say, mm. I think it was somewhere between seven and nine or something like that. But it was a long time. And they to hold out that long under that sustained pressure to not concede a point in the last Unreal. 10 minutes of the match is just it was a phenomenal win by them. They were so close. To contextualise the season two, round two, they lost to West Coast, who are absolute bustards. If you've not been following their effort, they should not. They should be playing with 17 teams, let's be honest. Yes. They've been terrible. Yeah. So they've lost in round two to West Coast. They've come within a point of the prelim final within a season. Yep. So it's been a brilliant effort. Magnificent turnaround. Yeah, and it's an incredible turnaround in such a short time for, for Adam Kingsley. And just that belief that they had, they played with that belief. And even last night, Collingwood were really good for that first 20 but then it was all GWS um, for that first half. Uh, they In that second, it was the second quarter where there was four goals to none. They were just, they didn't get the job done, but they're definitely my team of the week. And well done. Two New South Wales teams in the, only two New South Wales teams yeah. in the, the finals and Brisbane mm. are right there. And, um, you know, it just it shows you that the, the game has spread beyond the traditional states in the south and now... There are powerhouses in the other states. Just so you know, too, two is the other way around. When yes. you do it, Richard put up two fingers to me, but he's doing an up yours to me when he's doing two. <laughs> it just comes so, naturally. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It is when you're a fossil. <laughs> <laughs> Wallabies taking on Wales in a must-win match at the Rugby World Cup. That's Monday morning from 4.15am. You're going to have to get up early. It is ad-free, though, live in 4K, UHD, on-demand, on Stan Sport. Full replays, mini-matches, and highlights available after every game. And this man will be analysing every ruck, every maul. Former Wallabies captain Michael Hooper. Good morning, mate. Thanks for joining us. Morning, team. How are we doing? Very well. well. Michael, I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off here. Um, I'm sure you would have seen what Drew Mitchell came out and said this week. He's pretty much echoing what the Australian public have all been saying throughout this whole World Cup campaign. Would you happen to agree with what he's saying? I mean, first of all, the fact that you're not there is just mind-blowing. Well, I did see his follow-up saying maybe he used a bit more language than he thought. (laughs) That that did seem much more... uh, I guess um, common in a in a locker room, but no, not really on the uh, on the on the podcast. So that was pretty funny. First of all, uh, in terms of the comments, um, hindsight's a funny thing, eh? Like I think if we go well, we beat Wales. A few other things happen in this pool. We're through to the quarters. Still a very good chance we we get through um, to a position in this World Cup that's you know really interesting. I, I guess the the concern now is if we don't, then. Um, you know, that's why I talk about hindsight. Has this been the right call? And, um, you know, we can only wait and see. And, and I guess the way that, you know, a lot of the conversation's going is, is a development. So we might not even know till four or five years' time um, if that's the tack. So uh, the team isn't, I know, are training super hard and working really hard, but the results aren't coming, um, which is, you know, we all want to see. And, you t- and Eddie Jones has spoken about that development and the, the 2027 World Cup. But we're in a World Cup now. We want to win this one. And personally, I think he missed a trick with not taking some of the more experienced players like yourself, Quade Cooper, Bernard Foley, just to have in his back pocket. Oh, I mean, I would love to have been there, mm. selfishly. Mm, fair <laughs> um, enough. You know, the, the, the stage looks um, looks amazing. And, you know, I'm staying fit and staying ready. And I know, um, you know, i just been being around Quade when he was in the camp and, and Bernard when he was uh, prior to that. There was definitely a level of keenness to want to go over to France and 
and play for Australia and represent at a World Cup. So, um, yeah, like, you know, we'll never know what the alternative will look like, unfortunately. Um, you know, so we've just got to support the guys right now and, and do what we can um, and hope that they get a good win against Wales. Now, Eddie's going to wear the, the results of this one way or another, um, one would think. But would Eddie have made this all these decisions or this this attitude, this thrust, this direction that he's gone in on his own? Surely this must have been backed by a board or some sort of group of administrators who've said, yeah, this is all a good idea. Oh, I mean, you'd like to know um, if that was the case, but, I mean, you'll never know. So They don't tell you? They don't explain that to you? or Uh, At the end of the day, I'm a a player and, um, you know, I mean they've got to be accountable. And I guess, you know, Eddie's putting up his hand now saying if the results aren't a certain way, then, you know, he's taking responsibility for that. So, um, you know, I guess that's the position of being a leader and he's the coach of the team is he's decided to go a certain direction. Um, whether that works out or not, um, you know, we'll we'll see where it lands. But, um, you know, someone's, I guess, um, got to be responsible at the end of the day and, and Eddie is putting up his hand and saying that. All right, moving on to uh, the game on Monday morning against Wales. Uh they, the Wallabies, they need to be a lot better. Their discipline really wasn't there against the game against Fiji. Um, you know, 18 penalties. It's just not good enough. No, it's not good enough. Um, it, it's been a common theme, um, you know, for the Wallabies for quite some time. Um, so it, it is frustrating that there's still the same things popping up. I, I think the interesting thing here is, like, discipline's a funny one. Everyone knows that, you know, when you review a tape that you shouldn't do this or maybe I overstepped the mark there. But in the moment, and that's the interesting thing, right, is there's pressure. And the team at the moment is um, right on the cusp of getting knocked out in the pool stages. Um, you know, and, and that game against Fiji, they knew they were going in um, <laughs> against a, a really good Fijian team. So you don't choose or, de- like, it's not by design you make these choices. It's, I think, pressure mounts up then you do something maybe that's pushing the envelope or, um, you know, you're just trying a bit hard. Sometimes trying too hard doesn't actually necessarily work in your favour. And then that ends up in a penalty or something like that. So, um, yeah, what we've got to do is just really focus on, you know, I mean, it's token disease, our controllables, what's going to work for us on the weekend and try and take out the outcome. Because if we start thinking about what it could be and what it could look like, then we're in a, a lot of trouble. Who's your pick of the tor- t- uh, tournament, Michael? Um, some uh, some great teams getting around. Who do you think is going to take it all? Uh, I really like South Africa. Mm. Um, and, and, I mean, it's going to be a great uh, game. I think it's tonight, um, Ireland-South Africa. Ooh. So that's, you know, people are, people are talking that's a you know, potential final in the making. Um, so those two teams, really interesting of, of this result tonight. Um, but, yeah, I like South Africa and... Um, Ireland have sort of come under the radar, so they're pretty, you know, could be pretty crafty. Um, and then I, I, I don't like the idea of a New Zealand that's been beaten twice in the last couple of games. You oh, know, they'll yeah. be pretty fired galvanized, up as well. yeah. So, yeah, galvanised, and you know, they'll be the camp for them will be pretty grim at the moment. So they'll be looking to make a change. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, and Michael, the early criticism of South Africa was that they were the playing this this one dimensional style, putting a whole forward pack on the bench. Was that is that criticism fair, or is that just you know, that's just the rub of the game. I think it's the way the game is at the moment. Um, the way the game is, it's like real power. Um, the ball the ball in playtime is like 30-odd minutes. So it's an 80-minute game. You've got actual ball in playtime of 30 minutes. So it's really kind of moving to like a power, explosive type of a game. Not really that attritional, um, huge capacity, huge work rate. So 
in South Africa's favour. They've got these enormous humans um, and they just keep rolling them out. They've got two teams of them. So, mm. you know, the way the game is at the moment, it's really suited to their style and, you know, credit to them that they're, they're playing that way. All right, Michael Hooper, and none of us in this room can understand why you are not over in France, but you're doing a hell of a job on Stan Sport. You'd be getting up early too, because I think you're still in Australia. These are some early, early mornings for you, Michael. Oh, mate, I, uh, when I said yes, I was I am excited to be a part of the coverage and everything. And then I looked at, I've always been where the game has been. So I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'll yeah. be fine. And then I realized, I looked at, so last weekend I set the, uh, set the clock for 10.50 p.m., the alarm. Oh, no. To get up. <laughs> That's disgusting. So, How many coffees are you putting away, Michael? Oh, mate, no, I'm staying, staying away because I want to try and get home and go to sleep. But, no, it's good. Once you're in there, you get a bit of a adrenaline hit and everything like that. And there's... Yeah. The, um, the guys are putting out plenty of uh, sugar. Yeah, so yeah terrific. Work in the night shift. <laughs> yeah. Work in he's, the he's night just shift. just like a walkie now. <laughs> That's it. Um, lovely to talk to you, Michael Hooper. You're welcome anytime. Uh, go well. Hey, thanks a lot. If it happened overnight, you'll hear everyone it. Everyone loves Triple yeah. Legends. I was going to wait, but yeah, everyone does love a sausage, man. Uh, the NRL has come under fire after giving away free tickets to last night's prelim final at a course stadium uh, days after passionate fans paid full freight well, to secure seats. You know, yes, I, I see how they would be angry, but, you know, it's a lottery. I Do I pay for a guaranteed seat? Or do I hope they can't sell it? Mm. You know, there's there's your decision. How concerning is it that they can't sell out a prelim final? Very much so, Candice. Switch it over to the AFL and every single game of those final series has been 90,000, almost 100,000 people there. 97,000 last night with with an interstate team. That's right. And then you you turn on to the NRL and you... Well, the stadium's not even half full. Here is, they, rec- they reckon about 35,000 last night, and it wasn't. To put that into context, the qualifying final in the AFL, so that was on a Thursday night at the MCG, sold out. Yes. Compared to a prelim final, 35,000. No yes, good. Yes, it's, 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 it's team-related, though, isn't it? Certain teams are going to... Yeah, I- but it's... Uh- I don't know. The product is so good on television at the moment, NRL. It's you know, I, I love the NRL. I think it's the it's one of the great television sports. Well, this, I'm an ardent Panthers fan, and I last night made the decision to to watch it at home in the comfort of my own home, rather than go to a course. Well, stadium. that's that's always going to be a problem. It's so mm. good on TV. You go to the ground, you don't get the same level of replay. You don't get commentary. Mm. You don't get. You know, all that sort of stuff. You don't have to be stuck in the traffic. You just... P1, yep. you know, you yeah. can't escape it for an hour and a half after the game if it's yeah. out there. And I mean, you hate the common people. So <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to be amongst true. them. <laughs> they are my people. Your it's people. A, it my... is. It's a problem. Uh, ben Hunt, what did you make of this? I'm getting a bit sick of this. Uh, ben Hunt claims he still wants to be captain of the Dragons despite openly admitting he would rather not be at the club. Said it in an ev- interview this it's week. A bit of a conundrum, that one. Mate. But the problem is you can't just give him the flick because they haven't got anyone to replace him. So that's also an issue. But I was reading in the um, paper today uh, that there's a story from Michael um, Carianis and David Riccio that ex-Australian skipper Mark Taylor – now he's been he's going to be brought into the club um, by Shane Flanagan to help um, Ben Hunt and the rest of the leadership group. So, well, first thing he's going to say to Ben is, Ben, don't say stuff like that. Stop saying you want to leave. Yeah. Don't say stuff well, like this that. Is, That's he, a good leader. In this story, he said, "I think the messaging he's getting out there, which is Ben Hunt, is harmful for the Dragons yes. at the moment." And 100%. it is. 
Yeah. It's a slap in the face of the fans as well. Yeah. Look, people say things in the heat of the moment, off the cuff, and wish they hadn't. Everyone does it. We all do it. People who get it in the newspaper are, are particularly affected by but, it. But I think he's still agitating. I think he's still saying inflammatory things I'll to get a release. I'll bet it's not that Machiavellian. I reckon Flanagan's probably said, stay with me for a year. I'll find a replacement. <laughs> well, they are. They are. No, I know. Stay I know. with us for a year. I know you don't want to be here. Stay with us for a year. We'll find a replacement and then off you and, go. Or we'll have a great year and you might think differently. Yeah. You, know, you that, can't get rid of him if they've they've got no other option. Very true. Uh, very quickly, this one's for you, Candice Warner. Oh. Two foundation clubs battling it out in the New South Wales Cup Grand Final, Combank State uh, Stadium tomorrow afternoon. North's taking on Souths, two oh, of the great cardinal directions. The Rabbitohs. <laughs> yes. I've got to love that. Yes, oh, absolutely. North, they still agitating to get back in the NRL? Of course they are. Yes, of course. Uh, bit of trivia, and you know I like my trivia. When was the last time the Bears won the reserve grade premiership? The Can you give us time. a window? Uh, it, in the last year, it would have happened 1990 to now. Can you give us a year? Oh. <laughs> so you've given us a window that's, that is over 33 years. That's correct. Hey, how do you think I feel on the quiz every All week? Right, 2003. 1993. Oh, it was a 10 years And that old. was a reserve grade grand final. Of course, first grade was 1923, I believe, so 100 years. Mm. Um, yeah, they beat uh, Newcastle 5-4 in that grand final. Oh, that final. would have been an exciting game. <laughs> yeah, wow. let's hope it's better at Combank <laughs> Stadium, eh? Uh, let's get into Candice's quiz. One triple three five three is the number if you'd like to play. It's the Dead Set Legends on Sydney's Triple M. What's missing between T and Worthy? T and Worthy? Yeah, what's missing? Rust. Rust, you're damn straight. Rusty's Motorsport Update. The worst For Bendix. Bendix Brakes. (laughs) Put foot down with confidence. It is all thanks to Bendix Brakes. We talked all over that. Good morning, Greg Rust. Have we run out of names for him? It was all right. He liked, you know, Rusty McRust face. I don't don't like like that. But it doesn't matter what you like. Did Rusty like it? Oh, I loved it. Dang. I know what Rusty loves. I'm still trying to understand it. I still have a bit of a brain teaser for your Saturday morning. Good fun. Rusty, good news okay. for Oscar Piastri. Uh, McLaren has extended his contract ahead of this weekend's F1 race in Japan. Now, they must be seeing something they love because they've definitely fast-tracked the new deal. Yeah, Candice, good morning. They have. So it's only year one um, at McLaren, as you know. The team boss, Zach Brown, I reckon that's the, the comments from him are the most telling. So he's saying stuff like studious athlete, ballsy driver, Schumacher-esque style application. To That's the way huge. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So, hang on. Yeah. He hasn't won a race yet. <laughs> but but he's, he's doing things like last weekend, for example, Richard, he didn't have the same upgrades on his car that Lando Norris had. Lando got a podium, but Oscar came from buried back in the pack to finish in the points. And they look at that stuff, right? It was a really gritty drive. So, so no wonder they've moved to sort of put pen to paper and extend him through to 2026. Fair enough. Fair enough. What about Brock Feeney at the Sandown 500? He's got a lot of talent. Tell us a bit more about Brock. So he is the son of a former motorcycle racer, a bit of a, a bit of a character, a good mate of McDoan's actually. But Brock has come through carts and so on and uh, has demonstrated in some of the, the junior category the talent that he's got. And Roland Dane from the Triple Eight team uh, a number of years ago said, this kid has absolutely got it. So you may remember he won the last ever race for Holden and Commodore at Adelaide last year and everyone was sort of sitting up and taking note. And then at stand down last weekend, he resisted some really heavy pressure in the closing um, stages of that race, Richard. 
and just cemented what everyone realised. He, he's arrived, he's got a bright future. Shane Van Gisbergen might be moving on, but they've got another star on their hands in that team. Yeah, it's, it's one thing to ambush, you know, a lot of good drivers and, and, and get a, the odd victory. It's another thing to fend them all off, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a tougher thing. Don't you reckon in, in sport, they're the, they're the windows, they're the moments where you properly get a, a gauge on, yeah. on someone's ability to handle that pressure. And he, he's done that more than once now. Yep. Um, loves partying too, Brock. For How do you know? <laughs> he celebrates really well. How do you know? I, I'd, I saw it at a Red Bull party that we were both at. He just won the Super 2 Series, to be fair. Right. He was. You were hanging out with him, were you? Oh, no, I was just watching intently. Right. You right. were like, stalking. can I please hang with you? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I like to hang around winners. Stalking broccoli. Because I'm not one. Um, a bit of worries about car reliability, but they're all good at Sandown, uh, Russi, what seemed to be anyway. They're still going to do some independent testing, it would seem, in America, though, to make sure the uh, f- playing field's level between Mustang and Camaro. This is the big rumour. So it's quite a costly exercise, right? But they're talking about shipping a Camaro and a Mustang uh, in the coming months to America. They'll put it in what's called a, a wind tunnel, and in car racing, they use that to measure the flow of air over the bodywork of the car, and then they can see just how evenly matched they are aerodynamically and hopefully put this whole debate, which we often have, to bed. But, um, yeah, I've had to eat a little bit of humble pie. There was some, you know, it wasn't perfect last weekend, but the cars from a reliability standpoint performed a lot better than many of us um, thought, and it, it made the, um, you know, not, not a, a complete, scenario where someone buried in the pack might have scored a surprise podium it was um it was certainly better than that and hopefully that's a good sign for Bathurst. surely that's there's more to it than just aerodynamics if there is some problem there's lots of factors that they measure richard to try and ensure that it's and ford at the moment for example are lobbying for yet another change even before Bathurst. so um on the camaro side they're they're sort of sick of that, saying, "Look, you've you've had a, a you know a number of um, opportunities now. Surely we're getting close." But because this will be independent, and because it's kind of at the highest level of, of testing, um, that'll put a lot of this to bed. Hopefully, okay. why does right. it have to go to America? Can they do it in the West Connects Tunnel? That's that's <laughs> one of the great yeah. tunnels. I've yeah. used it a couple of times. Yeah, it's a very good tunnel. <laughs> great, very good tunnel. isn't it? A good tunnel. I yeah. use it often. It's yeah. not windy enough. I don't think. Not windy enough. No. Is that true, Greg Rust? <laughs> I love it. He doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks to Bendix Breaks. Put your foot down with confidence. We'll catch you next week, Rusty. I'm exhausted. That was a big show. It's been a really big show. Real positive show, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Well, you went off your nut at one point about a well, subject that really you have no investment in. Yeah. <laughs> it was I'm bizarre. Just, I'm just passionate. Shouted down. I'm yeah. very passionate. But in amongst that, we had Ryan Girdler doing uh, NRL finals. He's always we positive. Had a look at the Rugby World Cup with Michael Hooper. You missed anything. Uh, there's actually a lot we don't get to as well. Uh, we do so on the podcast. You'll find that on the listener app after the show. Uh, but we've always got time for this, don't we, Richard? Well, that's... i got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> no, I'm glad about <laughs> Richard's list of grievances. If I have to watch on the television one more dating show, yeah. I'm going to vomit. Fair. It's just unbelievable. Have they got no imagination whatsoever? Well, let's do another dating show. The latest one <laughs> I've rabs. seen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rich, mate, I've been thinking maybe we should do another dating show. He'd be the first one to say, those dating shows, they're just moronic. They're the same formula over and over. They slightly tweaked a new one. Now, there's one girl and a, a bunch of guys, and the guys, half of them have got partners, and they've got to try and trick the girl to like them, and they get money for that. It's just moronic. But you know what? Moronic. I'm just going to pick you apart a little oh, bit. Here, here we go. You said, do we have to watch another dating show? They're which everywhere. Means, which means 
You are watching it. No, because it's well, like it is, dog because poo. It's on every corner. You can't avoid it. If you're not watching it, you would say, do we have to see another one on, on television? So well, you're clearly sitting down and watching it. You're no, intrigued. I turn them on and there they are. and they're, Or they're advertising them, promoting them. Another boring dating show. Does your wife watch them? Are no. You, she doesn't. No. So, I don't have so you to watch are, them. You are turning But you on. can't avoid them. Okay. You see? That's my point. Do you know what I am watching, which is... Not a dating show, but it kind of Great. goes into the relationship. On Netflix, the Depp and Heard um, that does look lawsuit. Really yeah. interesting. It is good. Anti-dating yeah. show. Yeah. Yes. Literally the opposite of a dating <laughs> yeah. show. See? Some creativity. More <laughs> divorce court. Divorce court. There's a show. Yeah, well, there's possibly children involved in that, Brenda. So you, I no, don't know that you no thought children. that through. No, that, obviously. We, but we pick it apart. A, we have a talk. Do yourself a favour and start to watch it because it is good. Divorce court. We're on to With something. When Depp. there's only custody of a heard. dog involved. <laughs> yes. And if that dog was pooping on my bed, you can have it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Where's this gone? This was with my the, segment. With now, the mega pine. Yeah. Rich, mate, uh, I'm thinking divorce court. <laughs> In Goodbye. my head, Rabs is the uh, head of that's Channel enough. 9. <laughs>